0: reasons I got my wants Still got that feeling but I'm too today working <laughs> dog radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by brother Deeg. be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com that's spelled brother d-e-g-e.blogspot.com be sure to buy him a beer at amazon itunes or cd baby or anywhere you stream your music working dog radio was edited and co-produced by alicia brandt One of the sponsors has been with us from the beginning is our friends out in North Carolina, Highland Canine at Tactical Police Canine, letter K number nine, training.com. They are full service from top to bottom, left to right, north, south, east to west. They have everything pointy ears, sloppy ears, whatever you want. And they are a full service kennel doing seminars as well as handler schools for complete, completed dogs and as well as green dogs. So be sure to hit them up, Highland Canine at training.com. The Pergasons are fantastic people. Uh, Jason's been on the podcast as well, so go hook look up his episode.
1: Our uh, One of my favorite sponsors is Dogtra, uh, the folks over at Dogtra.com. They've been doing this for a long time, guys. Um, they're e-collars, bark collars, everything they do. We love it. We have a great relationship with them. Uh, they give a discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over $200. I tell everybody I have a kennel full of Dogtra e-collars. Most importantly, I have a kennel full of Dogtra bark collars. The YS600, to me, is the best piece of equipment in all of dogs. Check them out, dogtra.com. Check them out on Instagram at dogtraofficial.
0: We really like the guys at Ray Allen Manufacturing. They've been around for freaking ever. They were making working dog equipment before they were working dogs for uh, working bison, apparently. So... Uh, and our their product designer is one of our favorite people, Matt Matt Wilson. We love Matt. So uh, RayAllen.com, and everyone thinks you know it's only for police and military dogs, and that's not the case. If you have a working dog, whether it's police and military or search and rescue or even hunting, and even if you got pets, they have literally everything minus the dog and the patrol car that you would need to outfit a working team or a pet team for anything, whether it be scent work, whether it be our AKC or UKC scent work, all the way up to explosive and narcotics detection for military and police teams and everything in between. So be sure to hit them up at RayAllen.com. Use the discount code working dog radio spelled out for 10% off your order.
1: Probably. Oh, absolutely. Not even probably. Our first sponsor and longest sponsor is Arno over at ALM probably to me anyways, one of the best guys in all canine, um, his website, a L M canine equipment.com. Um, you can get on there, give him a call, email him. He's the only guy you're going to talk to, uh, a L M canine He has easily the best tugs in the business. His bite suits are amazing. They last for a long time. Ted'll tell you, he's got the same yep. jacket since, uh, Noah threw the ark out there. And uh, his yes. hidden sleeve, I still say, is the best in the business. Check him out. Use a discount code WD radio, all spelled out, 10% off your first order. Check him out on Instagram, ALMK9Equipment.
0: Horizon Structures. If you need a one-stop shop, so basically you call these guys, you tell them what you need, it gets dropped off at your location, you plug the water in and the electricity, and you can put dogs in it that day. They have everything from two dog kennels all the way up to a massive 40-foot long one that can house, I think, 16 if I remember correctly, and that's indoor-outdoor with a feed room and everything in between. They've got something to fit every budget as well be sure to hit them up at horizonstructures.com and look for the commercial dog kennel section of of the website and it'll give you everything you need. They have multiple options for doors, flooring, plumbing, electricity. They even have an option for solar. If you're in a portion of the country, it's not gray like it is here right now. Hmm. So if you have an option for that, you're lucky. So hit them up horizonstructures.com. get yourself set up and start selling dogs today. All right, everybody working dog
1: radio. We are back broadcasting the bite on all your podcast streaming in youtube for those of you uh folks that love i love watching the episodes on youtube man it it, it definitely um i like it I, I i like it if i if i'm watching on the big screen or whatever i like watching podcasts on youtube so it's pretty cool go to working dog radio on youtube and subscribe please uh, my name is Eric Stammer, come, coming to you from Ohio. With me, as always, is our co-host, Ted Summers from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ted, what's
0: up? Uh, nothing watching the implosion of Wall Street. It's been fun. Hmm. That's what's going on outside the dog world. Um, a, a bunch of dudes eating chicken fingers living in their basements outsmarted a bunch of MBA um, Wall Street dudes, and uh, I have been watching the implosion. For those that don't know, um, you know my background, um, I have a degree in economics and like a mass, you know, I, a lot of education in business. So I've enjoyed watching these motherfuckers get eaten alive and I'm just laughing my ass off. Cause some dude named potato in my butt and sonic hedgehog outsmarted $20,000 an hour quants quantitative analysts are. Yeah. So anyway, that's, what's been going on. Um, that, and I've been tracking, uh, we've had unseasonably warm ish weather here not where, like where you're at. Uh, so it hasn't been too bad. Um, it's been windy as shit though. So, um, tracking has been kind of, uh, kind of rough. I got a dog. We're getting ready to deliver. Uh, Mr. Jack, uh, big black Jack is, I, I have two Jacks to kennel right now. I have pointy Jack and I have floppy Jack and they're both black. One's a lab and one is a big asshole Dutch shepherd. And so I'm working all of them. And so, you know, I'll talk to Alicia or I'll talk to one of the handlers and they're like, Oh, who are you working? I'm like floppy Jack or pointy Jack. So, I've been working pointy jack and uh, pepper uh, tracking and pepper's working on explosives. Jack's obviously a dual purpose narcotics dog. And then all the labs I got three labs are working for, uh, I'm like imprinting down narcotics. So yeah, other than that, um, I think I have a VA program starting in March uh, with one of my buddies, Paul. So that ought to be interesting. It'd be good. I've known him for quite a while, but he lives down about an hour from me. So yeah. What about you? Well, real quick, back up, What t- tell people what that VA program is. Oh, so, okay, we offer the vocational rehab program. So, like, there's the, like, post nine eleven program through, um, like, the VA, right? So, for college degrees or whatever else, that's not what this is. Although our friends at Highland K9 do that program. That's not what this is. Um, there's not, like, a, like, school. There's not books or anything weird that you have to buy. This is um, vocational rehab um, if you have a disability that's verified through the, uh, through um, the VA and it's a 20 to 25 week course, depending on what you want to do and what you want to focus on. Uh, it's paid for by the VA. Um, you get all your equipment and you're basically helping us at the kennel train every fucking patrol dog we have and you start with green or well we, there's several programs that happen within it but you start with a like a puppy and you raise it to a green status and then while then in there also you have several green patrol dogs that you're raising from green or you know finishing from green all the way to finish patrol dog and then part of that curriculum is you're doing a handler school at the same time so you take the dog from green you finish it you finish it with the handler as the whole deal so the trick here is when you're done Uh, You got everything you need to go start your own police canine business um, wherever. So, um, and we let people focus. I got a guy come through that um, worked in the oil industry that um, uh, had a job in the safety portion of it. So he wanted to exclusively focus on detection stuff Um, and we had him do other stuff as well, but um, he ended up finishing the program and getting a couple of dogs done and was now like doing oil rig stuff like searching for narcotics during at oil rigs and uh, like camps where um, like oil field workers are and stuff like that so um, it's just kind of like part of his normal routine and he I think he's it's sound well I don't know what's going on now with what every like but that was the plan so hmm. I, I haven't checked in with him in a while but uh, yeah we had several people come through the program but yeah, it's a it's a good deal for sure. So hit me up, info at Torchlight K Nine. I can fill you in on the program details.
1: That's pretty sweet, man. That's pretty yeah. cool. So, um, as you can tell, we are not Australian. The um, no, even though Ted is afraid of spiders and likes Foster's, he is <laughs> not a, uh, And I've Australian.
0: eaten kangaroo. <laughs>
1: there you go. But uh, so we we had our we're doing a, an Australian series. Um. So we are ha- doing an Australian series. The problem we're having is, and we're getting it lined up, is the time difference. Um, if they want to record an evening, that's morning for us, the day before them. And us working kennels and working dogs, it, it's becoming difficult. But we're, we'll get it. Don't worry. We, we're yeah. going to have our Australian series, hopefully, after this. Um, so we were going to do a segment at the beginning of each episode for a while called dumb shit people saying canine and basically it's things we hear that are pervasive myths throughout uh canine and it's been years that people have been saying this most of these are things that are just flat out made up it's uh things that are made up uh, and have been then um just passed on from trainer to trainer and generation to generation things that are factually untrue um there's at least one thing we're going to talk about that's kind of a um, uh, misunderstood or maybe there is a little bit of truth but it's it's blown way out of proportion and so i said well let's just do a whole episode on it instead of starting off every episode with me in a bad mood so uh, <laughs> So we're going to call this episode um, Myths and Lies of Canine or something similar to that because um, there are so many things that we hear from guys like, hey, my trainer said this. And I'm like, yeah, that's made up. It's just not it's not real. It's just usually made up by people who don't know how to train dogs or Or think they they do and they just don't know how to
0: do better. Yeah, they have a sample size of like two. (laughs) so they get two dogs and they're like oh this is this is what happens for all of them and that's not the case so it
1: comes it comes a lot of this comes from big fish and small ponds uh trainers that have a closed group where they they try to look like some sort of guru and where they never go outside and no one from outside is allowed to come in um or from larger departments even that will not train with anyone outside and they just have permeated these bullshit myths, you know, for years. And it's just accepted.
0: Right. And, and that's actually, and we don't have to mention the city, but there's a city in Ohio that's had a problem with that, that, uh, and it was a, it was endemic in their, in their department. It just wasn't canine, but it was like everything, like all their training that in in their academy, everything. Right. So they ended up getting popped by what the DOJ or somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was their whole whole department as a yeah. whole, the way
1: they were. They thought they were their own state. It's very strange. But anyways, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, a couple of these and then we're going to take a break and then we're going to do a couple more. We're going to take another break. Um, for those of you who have said that we our commercial breaks are too long, we have split them up Yep, it's a good problem to have, right? So uh, we have new sponsors. We again right off the shoot. We want to welcome uh, uh, NCK9 to the family here. Mm-hmm. Jim O'Brien, good dude, good trainer, good dogs, and he's down in North Carolina. It's uh, way warmer than here. If you go there for a handler school, <laughs> it was windchill here today was in the single digits. It's brutal. So, um, so anyways, check out NCK9.com. They're good, good dude, man um it's funny because so they're uh, in north carolina but he's got the thickest boston type east coast accent
0: yeah we interviewed him I um, mean, hits two years ago Uh he's been on the podcast i think it was a muzzle episode is what we talked about with him uh and so i think it was blue line 30. wasn't it it might have been the first blue line or blue yeah it was right now it's blue yeah it was blue line uh it was when we were in daytona that's right yeah so yeah go back and listen to jim's episode for sure yeah it was
1: good time so we're gonna kick it off um The first one is this goes, this kind of goes with that whole um, myth that uh, obedience kills drive, right? That whole thing. Um, But I've heard this recently. So everyone knows I talk about all the time, I talk about on social media here, everything that I'm a big fan of bark collars. Um, My kennel is quiet. I don't like insane, stupid kennel noise. I don't like dogs spun up in the kennel. I believe unfettered dogs flipping out in the kennel gets them loose in their stool. It creates all kinds of shit problems. Um, I don't have those issues at my kennel because if you will look at my video right now, they're all asleep because they better not, if they get rowdy, they get hit by the Dogtra ys 600 bark collar. Um, as our good friend, David, I was just talking to David the other day. He has uh, 20 kennels with 20 dogs in it. He has 25 bark collars. He has, all it's it's quiet in there um so i asked somebody why don't they use bark collars and some trainer had told them that bark collars kill drive Uh, things like this so this is just someone (laughs) making okay Okay. (laughs) crap bark collars kill drive so at my training days on um, big, large group training, I prefer everyone to wear bark collar in the car. So the dog is quiet, not spun up, not gassed out when it's his turn to do detection or, or whatever it is we're going to do that. He is um, calm, right? A lot of them, there'll be bite work going on. You go back and look and the dogs laying down in the back of the car. Cause it's not worth it. And then when you get him out, he's fresh. He's, he's refreshed, ready to go. Um, so For someone to say bark collars kill drive, that is made up, fake made up. Again, someone who doesn't have the numbers, has the small sample size. Every dog in my kennel for years have worn bark collars and I put out bangers, no low drive dogs, no medium drive dogs, high drive bangers and they all wear bark collars. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, uh, so, I mean, I, I don't understand how that is like one of those things. So in this kind of goes back to another deal, like, um, people, some dogs are vocal and some dogs aren't right. Like I've sold dogs before that. Like I've never heard them bark. Like they just don't bark and like at all um during text during bite work d- during you know during building searches like i can't get the motherfucker to bark at all um then i've got dogs that make noise in their sleep right yeah. uh especially fucking german shepherds so uh we had a german shepherd uh for- well it's been several years now it's been like four years now but they came through and god he i mean just 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 breathing. He was whining uh, and it wasn't anything stressful, super strong dog, environmentally super strong dog with decoy pressure, super strong dog, just all around. Right. So some dogs are just vocal. Um, there's a pervasive myth. A lot of people don't like dogs that are vocal on a grip because if they're in prey, some dogs are vocal. If they're not in prey, there's some, you know, it really is individual to the dog. I have a dog right now in my hat. it's pepper, right? It's, you know everybody well not everybody but it's pepper right so and pepper i swear to god is the barkiest fucking malinois she barks she barks at fucking everything and it's constantly barking and i i have she wear. i have two bark collars for her she wears them almost 24 hours a day she has a uh, dog sells those badass um like they're like this big mm-hmm. and they take out the little points and it's a it's a flat thing that fits on their neck right and uh, just to keep her from fucking barking because she's constantly barking just and i've tried waiting her out during detection work uh, i mean it is just insane and the barking the excessive barking comes from drive leaking right so in a working capacity the bar colors are good because it doesn't require me to have a fucking e-collar in my hand right and constantly correct them it's just a self-correcting problem and it does work uh, especially with like um like when we're doing uh uh, gunfire stuff if the dog's already if they're not scared of the gunfire if they're just you know spun up on it then but that's another deal altogether but the other thing is nice about it so drive leaking right like it doesn't compress drives like the pepper's got enough drive for two fucking dogs she doesn't need any, like and, and if it did I would be ecstatic right it definitely does not compress her drive I, I don't she doesn't need any fucking more drive um, the other side of this I think, I think that a lot of people like either miss i don't know misconceptualize or misunderstand or whatever else is that um that neurotic spinning bullshit behavior does like you like what you just said you know dogs have stool problems they have they spin themselves up they break their fucking teeth on kennels which is super fun you know fighting fence fighting with other dogs and all this other bullshit and it just keeps everybody under control and keeps them from fucking barking all the time and you know, everybody is always asking like, Oh, well, you know, dogs, you know, how do you came from the barking? I'm like, dogs bark. Like that's like, they, they bark. Like that's a thing. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, how barking is related to drive is typically it's a, it's a symptom of drive leaking, like dogs bark and bark and bark. In fact, if like you talk to a lot of the experience, like French ring and Mondia ring people, um, especially during some of the, uh, the longer exercises where the dog uh, during the object guard and some of this stuff. Cause the Mondio and ring exercise, I mean, shit, when you're in the threes the Mondio dogs are out there for like half an hour or something, they're just constantly barking, 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 they're fucking head off. They, it gases them out and it's not good for them. In fact, I've seen Mondio and French ring people sell dogs that were fantastic. They ended up being fantastic patrol dogs because they won't shut the fuck up and they can't get them to stop barking. And it has nothing to do with drive. It has nothing to do with compression. It's just an issue of getting them to shut up. And, I mean, if you have a dog that's out there for 10 minutes doing an object guard and he won't shut his mouth, the decoy is literally just going to stand there and look at him, you know, within the rules. And stand there and look at him until he just gazes himself out. And then he's going to go up and take his shit from him. And that's it. So, yeah, dark drive, bark colors do not compress drive. Like, drive is genetically predisposed like in the womb like you know you can't like it's there or it's not right so we do some drive building and we do some drive capping like we put the genie back in the bottle but it that is not what drive bark colors do i mean it's not like what's that movie with jet lee where he's got that fucking collar on like the he's like a little ninja guy and then they take the collar off and he turns into a fucking assassin or something that's not how it works
1: yeah <laughs> right exactly so and, and no, you can no. you know no You can teach a dog to bark, to not bark in the car if you don't want them to. Um, I don't recommend really driving around with the bark collar because you're going to have to jump out at the last second to work and you're going to forget to take it off Uh, because it, you know, it was really fast. But if If you have a dog in your car that barks incessantly at headquarters, you know what I mean? Um, Like nonstop the entire time you're parked outside. Some places they don't, their bosses hate that. Put a bark collar on them. Make them quiet um
0: it's it's simply it's really that so you have a handler you have a handler right now that's got like what some hearing loss in his ear from having dipshit bark all the time
1: yeah we we had one guy that's he's he's retired from the police department he had definitely diminished hearing loss um and then there's two more one at the department one in another department that they have been getting their hearing tested um for a while um my my second dog Willie was incessantly barking and whining. And yeah, like, that video we show at yeah. HRD seminars like oh, you're <laughs> like this yeah. was it all
0: day, fucking
1: all day. Yeah, but you <laughs> can bark, look. Bark, bark. I I, yeah. I don't know if this will come through on the camera, but you can see that's at my kennel, right? The the no, yeah. the fawn colored Malinois is he's not super vocal, but the black one that you can kind of see up there barks nonstop right. if you let him. So. And actually today he doesn't have a bark collar on because he's, he knows in the kennel to be quiet now and took a little while. They're sleeping. They're, they're quiet. There's other dogs on the other side over there. They're all sleeping. Um, that's the thing about the bark collars is it's not just about barking. If your dog thrashes in his crate or thrashes against the kennel and like Ted was talking about trying to rip out and they're gonna rip the teeth out. If you have that bark collar on yeah. high enough, it'll put an end of that shit right now. Yeah. Yeah, yep. for sure. All right. So let's move on to the next one. Uh, Cause this one's going to be a little bit, this is one of Ted's specialties. Um, no. So the next topic we're going to is, and this one's always interesting to me and we made it enough that we made a t-shirt for it. If you go to workingdogradio.com, look at the t-shirts um, you can buy this. And it, 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 the t-shirt has that guy sitting behind the, the table with the coffee cup. And it says, uh, ours says, Canine liability is a myth. Change my mind. And that's something that I want to say to every administrator that I hear. We don't have bite dogs because of liability. We don't have dogs because of liability. But when you ask them to prove the liability problems, to name all these lawsuits, all these billions of dollars that have been paid out because of canine, they can't tell you. Because- There isn't, and they made it up, or someone made it up a long time ago, and it just keeps weaving its way through the thread of their department. Canine liability, canine liability. It's not true, it isn't. Sure, there's not been zero lawsuits, but I mean, there's been some lawsuits, but not to where these people think, not what it is. Ted does a ton of research about um, lawsuits. And if you look, if you look, most of the um, case law about dogs and lawsuits that happen about dogs or cases that go to appellate courts and Supreme Court are all about detection. They have nothing to do with actual biting. So, Ted, we talk about this at HRD. What do you tell the people?
0: Well, at HRD, I say different shit than I say. (laughs) And so when I talk to administrators, uh, I tell them, I was like, you know, there is a a large body of case law um, that has to do with um, failure to supervise and failure to train. And that actually creates a 1983 or Monel claim where um, individual people within the chain of command and within the supervisory process are held liable because they suck, either because they're lazy or because they're indifferent, or because they don't know any better. It, all three are bad. But the point is, there's a lot of um, liability out there for dogs and for canine. And I say canine case law in quotes because there's a lot of that there. There's a lot of it too, where a lot of administrators, and it's usually sheriff's departments, don't pay the fucking handlers more like what they're supposed to. Like you just have to. Like, I don't, I, I mean, i don't everyone is always scared of the irs let me explain something to you if you're you think the irs is bad wait till a labor department comes up your ass there has been um several cases where labor boards have come in and shut police departments down for not paying fucking handlers uh the excessive amount of time like if you're listening to this and you are a canine and you're an administrator and you oversee a canine unit where there's one or a hundred fucking dogs you have to pay them. There's a lawsuit going on and uh, you have to pay them extra. There's a lawsuit going on right now in um, Las Vegas. Uh, it's either Vegas or North Las Vegas uh, where the department, they're suing the department and um, they're arguing that their excessive pay wasn't also paid into a uh, into their retirement um, which I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I mean, their argument is all of their overtime was paid in. So why the fuck wasn't that also? And I can't, disagree with them so there's that right like you have to supervise and you have to um and and you have to uh you have to supervise you have to make sure that they're trained and you have to pay the guys like i mean this shit should be obvious right but there is a substantial amount of quote unquote canine liability that comes from that shit. The guys that don't run leashes, it's dickheads that sit in offices and in and desk jobs that used to be cops that never run a leash and that are like, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. We're like, this is our policy. On another point, federal law doesn't give a fuck what your policy is. They just don't. Federal courts do not care what your policy is unless by by design, by administration by implementation by several other means it does violate somebody's fourth amendment or somebody else's others right right like in the process right i can't imagine that there's many of those around but then they care so when it comes to these mythic bites that everybody sees and all this other bullshit right and we're in the days of social media and the same bites get shared over and over and over again um I should probably start with saying there are bad bites, right? Shit happens. Like we bite people we shouldn't. Um, Either you know, Kerr versus West Palm Beach is the perfect case of we don't bite people we shouldn't. We don't bite people that are in handcuffs, and we don't bite people for bullshit crimes. Like those are the three cases in Kerr versus West Palm Beach. You'd think it's common sense, but they had to have a fucking the court decision to say it. So that should be obvious. Now these massive payouts of things that happen, like. A lot of those are, are department like it's an, it's a genuine mistake, right? Like they bit somebody on accident, somebody was in the wrong place, at the wrong time, or the handler exercised terrible decision-making skills or terrible handling skills. And that's normally because they were not managed and administrated well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a failure to train at that point. Right. So, um, these large payouts when we start looking at these cases where you're effectively talking about a use of force case right so you know it canine is not any different they don't look at a dog any different than they look at it using a fucking taser or using a baton or using a firearm right or using pepper balls or whatever use of force is use of force no matter what it is there's not a special category or there's not a special like Set of case law, it says not a special like use of force continuum for just the dog, right? So, this whole myth around like canines create excessive liability if we take the admins out of it, and it's like, you know, and the joke that I always tell, I'm like, look, there's been like three recorded deaths of canine bites from, from police dogs, not from just pit bulls in the country and like in 30 something years. And you you're scared to give them a dog, but you give them a car and a gun. And I'm like, I, I, and I kind of, and when you put it in those terms, I'm like, you know, those two things, you'll 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 give them the ability and the discretion of that level of force, either running somebody over or using a firearm. But a dog is scary, right? And what that tells me more than anything else is one you don't have faith in the handler selection um you know we've done this before we had jay nixon we talked about handler select yeah that's right we talked about handler selection jay does a really good job uh with selecting those dudes down at marion county um but You know, you got to have somebody that's very mature, very good, very good uh, decision making capabilities is able to make um, very sound decisions is good for report writing, you know, all these things that demonstrate maturity. because canine, the reason that canine, I think gets put into this weird, like, oh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous thing liability wise is because canine is disproportionately put in the highest instance of use of force of any specialized unit in in law enforcement. More than SWAT, more than the fucking gang unit guys, more than anybody else. So the dog's primary job is a location tool. They're either finding contraband or explosives or something. And if it's a dual purpose dog, they're finding people. The trick with finding people is that when we start looking at Graham versus Connor, you get into these whole Like, should we use force? Where, when, and where, and how, and all these other factors. And the dogs are disproportionately put in a position to use a great amount of force just about every time they go out. Like, Eric, you were on fucking SWAT forever. Like, how many times did you get called out and fire around?
1: Uh, I shot one guy on SWAT, and total, since I was on the team and going forward since I retired, I think total the team has shot four people and that's
0: and they get called out
1: um, well a we shit yeah. ton
0: <laughs> well we
1: were like what? yeah once a once a week we we're pretty busy but still yeah actually um having to shoot people was very 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 very, very rare very rare and how many times though? but we bit yeah people. i was going to say week. as a unit for a while we were about one a week uh, on an average for a year there were times there was two or three a shift um, or, you know, uh, you know, the wintertime would slow down, but then summertime on midnight shift, they're getting a bite every couple of days, you know, so it averages out about one
0: a week. So yeah, the, the, the myth of canine liability, and then I'm not saying that there's not liability. Obviously there is like, if you put some dipshit in that, you know, has a hard on for fucking people up and, you know, has a problem and you don't manage him and you let him run wild. Like, yeah, you're going to have a problem. He's going to bite people. He shouldn't, he's not going to have control of the dog. Right. But that is a larger problem within that department. It's not isolated to just the dog and hanging it on a handler and a dog team is pretty short-sighted in my opinion. And anytime that an administrator comes to me and they say, Oh, it's an excessive liability. I, they fall into, Two categories and two only. One, they're uneducated, or two, they're lazy. That's it. Uh, and and if you're listening to this and you're an administrator, you're one of those two. If you say the canines have an excessive amount of liability, you're either uneducated or lazy. One is acceptable; you can fix it. The other one is just, you're just a shithead. So yeah, I mean, like, there's no way around it.
1: I will say this: if if someone does file a lawsuit on you uh, for canine, uh, you you are the handler or the trainer of the handler, you have got to participate. Oh, yeah. In in your own defense, in that the attorney. So so my department, we have attorneys that work for the city that um, work in the law department. Right. And we we got sued one time when I was there and I I was the trainer of a dog. Uh, It was a case that actually went viral um, and there was a whole video of it. And when I went up to talk to them, they're like. They uh, they take the side immediately that the handler is not or is guilty. Um, and they started saying all this stuff. And I'm like, it's it's not true. You you didn't watch the video. Yeah. Or you watched what was on the news. Remember, they're they're equally those attorneys are as gullible and as susceptible to being manipulated by the media and by social media as everyone else. Probably so,
0: more so right so they, so they saw the, each
1: side. <laughs> right. So they saw the videos on on YouTube or on social media and immediately thought, oh, like the and the videos were edited and doctored. So we, we played and I went through step by step. And they're like, Oh crap, that's not at all. I'm like, Yeah, you were gonna just give this guy money and and whatever without even looking at the video. And so they ended up, uh, yeah, telling the guys to eat, eat a dick and went to trial and it got thrown out of federal court, which I knew it would. They didn't even watch all the way through the video where the guy was at the hospital and admitted he set the entire thing up so that he could try to get some money. So um, I'm like, yeah, you, you, so you got to participate. I got sued in federal court before as a canine handler for, a, um, for an excited delirium death. I fought a dude and, and he died while we were fighting and um all a lot of it was on a car camera and i had to all the way up to trial date point things out to them on on the videos because they fast forward through shit and they're skipping stuff and they think they got it but they don't mm-hmm. so remember you got to participate but the other thing is in the end the the outcome if they're going to settle is out of your control It's an insurance thing, or it is always a a risk versus reward or cost versus whatever thing. And guys, if they settle, even if you are right and you're good to go, it's going to bother you. And
0: you can't. That's another thing, too. Like Settling is not an admission of a violation of somebody's constitutional rights. It's not even an admission of a policy. I mean, you could be 110% within... Policy and case law and everything else. It could be the cleanest bite in the world, and they could sue, and somebody outside of your department at your city or county or whoever the fuck does it, couldn't be like, you know what? It's going to cost sixty grand just to get this to the point where we can litigate it at trial. So offer them fifty thousand to shut up. And that, and, and, you know, there was a Washoe County Sheriff's office is a perfect example. They bit that dude, that dickhead that was, you know, wanted and, you know, the marshal looking for him, whatever else. And the only part you see is him going like this and some, in front of some little lady's birdbath and then nuking the dude, right. You don't know what happened. Um, but, um, you know, th- he should have been bit and that guy who's still in jail, by the way, um, they paid him like 17,000 bucks, I think um, the next day. And he had some ambulance chasing Dickhead attorney that uh, representative, and I'm sure he put five grand in his books for honey buns and kept the rest of it. And, but mm-hmm. part of that was that there, that the part of getting that payment from them was that he did not receive any damage from that dog bite. And th- that is not true. <laughs> that that mm-hmm. dog that dog fucked him up, but he was like, Oh, I didn't, you're going to pay me. It didn't hurt. I'm like, ah, okay. So if, if they settle, that doesn't mean you lost. Like I did really doesn't, I swear to God, believe me, I've been involved in enough fucking lawsuits and legal shit that like if they settle, it's not, it's not an admission of guilt. It's not an admission of wrongdoing. It's not an admission of anything other than we just don't want to deal with it. So,
1: yeah. And if those of you who have never dealt with federal court uh, in, on the civil side of it, the federal judges, I hate federal judges, they force settlements. They, they oh, yeah. push and push and push and force and intimidate and threaten attorneys, uh, usually not the defendant's attorneys, almost always the city attorneys. They, they do threaten them and, like, really try to apply tons of pressure to settle. My case, the Excited Delirium case, they, they sued us for $20 million dollars. This judge was the biggest motherfucking scumbag ever, ever pushing. You guys are all going to lose your house. Pulled uh, us aside because he refused to give us qualified immunity. We were not indemnified in that case. So our houses were up. Everything he would tell us, you better convince these guys to settle because you're losing everything. You're going to lose your pension, blah, blah, blah. And finally, we just got sick and tired of his bully tactics. Fuck him and went to trial. And we won. So, eat a dick, Judge Gwynn, right there, you piece of shit. Hate, hate that dude. So, anyways.
0: there's Uh, that? So, on that note, we're going to go to a break real quick. (laughs) And, uh, damn, we're going to go to a break real quick, and uh, we'll be back. All
1: right. So sorry to interrupt the great conversation we are having, but we have amazing sponsors that we need to bring to you. Um, One of our favorites, one of our oldest is Southern Coast Canine. The folks down there, the Heisers, they are great folks down there in Smyrna, New Smyrna, Florida, right? They got everything you need to do down there, guys. Um, Full service kennel, southerncoastcanine.com. Give them a call, 877-903-DOGS. The uh, Southern Coast Canine folks have killer dogs guys everyone we've seen have been badass check them out on instagram
0: at southern coast canine everybody knows that training is super important one of the best training conferences in the country is hits it's by canine handlers for canine handlers hits canine letter k number nine dot net the largest Vendor show in the country, the largest giveaway for handlers in the country, and some of the most skilled instructors in the country, plus Eric and I. We're going to be there July 6th through the 9th in Scottsdale, Arizona, bringing the HRD Roadshow to everyone there, doing the presentation about scenario based training. And then they've got everybody there from the industry to do fantastic presentations. Also, uh, classifies and, and sort of uh, for your training hours when you come back to your department. So it's going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, July 6th to the 9th. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett, eight, six, three, five, two, nine, five, one, one, three, 529 or hits K9 letter K number nine dot net.
1: The other big thing that guys mess around with and don't get right is nutrition for their dogs. Our good friends down at Connect Dog Food, they got it right. Uh, especially if you own a kennel, uh, like there's all kinds of problems that go along with owning a kennel with a lot of dogs, kennel stress and things. These guys are great. They serve as some of the largest kennels in the country. KineticDogFood.com. Their stuff is so good. Give them a call. 513-615-6904. Kinetic Dog food on Instagram. Wonderful people. Wonderful food. Check them out.
0: KineticDogFood.com. Next up, we have a sponsor that's this us for quite a while, Quick Derm by Vet Care. This stuff is magic. For whatever reason, working dogs have this uncanny ability to hurt themselves in fantastic and magical ways. Don't let small problems be big ones. Happy tail, torn up paws uh one of our good buddies and also one of our interviews uh jay cuts how did uh his dog got kicked in the face by a horse the stitches were healed up very quickly with vet care i use it on my tattoos uh alicia just got a new one and she's using it as well it stuff is magic so hit them up at vetcare.us use the discount code 10 wdr for 10 percent off your first order awesome stuff our brand new sponsor, guys, and he's a good dude, man.
1: He really is a good dude, good trainer. He's been on the podcast, friend of ours. He's worked with us at HRD, great decoy. Jim O'Brien down at NC K9 in North Carolina. Obviously, NC stands for North Carolina. NC K9, letter K number nine. Uh, great stuff, guys. Their police dogs are good. Floppy ear, pointy ear, dual purpose, single purpose, handler schools, better weather than we have in Ohio. Give them a call, 919 438. 0141. check out his website nck9.us uh hit him up on instagram at nck9 llc for them guys training is not a job it is their life
0: all right we're back uh first break of the episode so we covered two questions we got four more um or four myths i guess two myths four more so we're back. Uh, we're gonna. So there's another myth that is pervasive. Uh, I hear it all the time, um, and it seems like it goes through these weird phases. Like I'll get people that are calling, and they're like, "Oh, I want this or I want that." And I'm like, "All right." So we'll get departments that say, "I can't have a Malinois because I have a first time handler." I'm like, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what difference does it make? You know, if it's a first time handler or not. So there's this myth that I don't know where it comes from um i can't i can't give him first time handler malinois um which is not fucking true but uh eric have you heard it
1: all the time as a matter of fact i um i got a call from a sergeant i think he was from a department um in ohio <clears throat> and this guy was um <clears throat> used to be a handler years ago in the 90s late 90s and he said yeah it must be a german shepherd and i'm like is that <laughs> a breed preference or, or cause you worked a shepherd. He goes, no, it's a first time handler. I just, I don't. Uh, or he says, a, it's not, I don't think he said, um, a first time handler should not have a Malinois. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pass on even sending you any quote or anything, because what you just said tells me that you're going to be a problem to deal with. And I just said, don't, don't call me again. Appreciate you. And, um, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The dumbest and all of canine. I think uh, a first time handler should not have a Malinois like all Malinois is the dumbest thing I've ever heard.
0: I, you know, when I have heard this or when I ask people, um, they're like, I have to have a German shepherd. I'm like, well, why? Or I have to have this. Or I'm like, okay, well, you know, why? And then they'll give me some reason. But this one in particular, um, you know, back in the 90s or whatever, um, a lot of people, you know, when Malin was first became cool, it was, uh, you know, they were like, oh, they're crazy. They're this and they're that and whatever. And a lot of those guys are still in decision-making positions now, Lieutenant, Captain, Chiefs, whatever. And that's what they're going off of. Um, a lot of the old quote-unquote master trainers are still like that era of age. Um, and, and, and admittedly, handling a what I would consider for a police dog, like an average to above-average drive German Shepherd versus handling a a fucking race car Malinois, like the training is different like i handle them different in training i handle them different you know i teach the handlers differently <laughs> like there's some things like i don't have to teach drive capping to the first dog right like a german shepherd that's kind of like you know sort of there most of the time, you know, they do detection work, you know, they really shine when you put heat on them for, you know, for bite work, they mature, right? They mature into themselves and all that other stuff. Like, you don't have to teach those dogs drive capping. You just don't. So, you know, the handling strategy and the handling skill set is a lot different. Um, I've actually seen multi-time, I, we, I, I have a guy that had a dog, he had three, uh, German Shepherds that were kind of that average to above average for a police dog, not overall. Uh, German Shepherds, he came to us and he's like, I want to, I want to, you know, he basically told me he wanted a 90 mile an hour Malinois. And I was like, okay, I said, but you've handled for nine years, right? Or 10 years, or however long you've been handling a dog. I said, you cannot handle this dog like you handled these last three, right? He had 100 and 100 plus pound German Shepherds and he gets this 75 pound, you know, fucking rocket. And I, damn, for sure as shit, for the first couple of weeks, that dog ate his lunch because he would overcorrect him. He would, you know, move. Her, like And I was like, you have got to be more precise with this dog. You have got to be more, you know, you've got to be more purposeful. You've got to be more, all of these things. And I was like, you know, it, it's it's not the same type of handling and not the same type of training. So I don't firmly believe. I mean, that's like telling them that you can't give them a fucking 9 or a 40 cal for their fucking service weapon. you got to give them a 22. I mean, it's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Or you can't give them, a, you got to give them a fucking four-cylinder for their fucking patrol car at first because you can't let them get into chases or whatever else. So it, it's one of those things that it, it comes down to teaching the skill set with handling the dog and fundamentally understanding motivations, drives, and the skill of the trainer, whether it's me or you or whoever, and demonstrating that. Now, I will say that there, I have seen dogs that have too much drive to be a police dog. Um, that that is just fucking out that they're just neurotic and it, it's a management nightmare for their entire fucking life even after they're even after they are uh, retired and the problem that I see and where problems happen is dudes picking green dogs and dudes picking dream dogs and they're like I want as much drive as possible I'm like eh, careful what you wish for big homie I'm like that you get one of them true prey monsters them motherfuckers will bite themselves given a chance like don't mm. like don't don't like the difference between an acceptable amount of drive versus a over amount of stimulation is a very fine line and then you get a dog that runs that handler and then doesn't get utilized because he's afraid to get him out of the fucking car because he's not in control of the dog. He doesn't know how to control him. The dog is just these. And that's where it comes from. It's from motherfuckers running old German Shepherds that are slightly above average in drive, which is pro- or just average or above average, whatever. Like they're nice dogs, probably like Willie, right? Like Willie wasn't a psycho, right? No, Willie was a psycho. Oh, well, fuck, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> i've sold some german shepherds that are fucking psycho enzo here in oklahoma jesus christ that dog that he's a malinois he's i've seen man he's a, he is a he went to a handler he went to a handler to handle a malinois first and then went to a german shepherd and that dog had more drive than his previous malinois and in there's a great dog and he's a great handler but it is not you know and it goes back to and i hate saying stupid catchphrases but you know it's the dog you have in front of you so I'm usually really honest with departments. When I talk to them, I'm like, what do you want? Right. And sometimes they don't even fucking know or they think they know they're like, oh, I want this. I'm like, no, you don't. I, I mean, or they say that I'm like, all right, well come look at this dog. This is what that is. You think you can handle that? And they're like, well, fuck. I mean, so, and sometimes they're right. Sometimes I can handle it. So, but yeah. What yeah. Do you
1: think? Willie was a ro- I call him a rodeo dog. You had, when you, if you got him out, uh, as a show force or whatever, you had a you had about eight seconds to <laughs> put him up or to let him bite somebody, or he's turning. He would bite me in the ankle, so I was wearing like motorcycle boots because he would turn and bow, and I'd yell and he'd go, "Oh shit, sorry." And so you had you had a quick little time. Uh, another dog at our department, Vlad, was the same way, um, but then you know, uh, f- w- quick example, we'll move on. So I just finished a class with a, uh, a guy who's a friend of mine was a was a handler. This was his third dog, right? Um, I, I barely remember his first dog as far as how he worked. His second dog was a big giant shepherd with a, a nice career. Had some good bites, uh, good finds, big huge. When he first got him, was a mean son of a bitch, and and it kind of that kind of came down but he's worked, you know, for a long time as handling dog, the dog he just got from me that it went through was 350 miles an hour. And so everything the dog does was full speed and, and guys don't think, Oh, he's a shepherd. He'll be slower. Are you? No, not this Uh, one. So (laughs) my Mike, and he'll tell you, he's like, I had to like, he's like sweating, you know, and, and, like oh man this dog's yeah, gonna kill me and I not know, exactly. not from being mean just from it was a whole different you know a
0: fucker out working <laughs> right yeah just this
1: is like this click let him go just don't fuck around but tracking you know was way different than he was used to and things like yeah. that and the dog's amazing but he's just you know so so that that thing is stupid um the next one that we're going to go over real quick before we go on another commercial is um this one i haven't I haven't heard in a while. It used to be super pervasive. So when I got into the uh, canine, everything we did was um, aggressive alert. My first two oh. dogs were aggressive alert dogs. Um, and then when I went to my third dog and I was a trainer, uh, the bosses are like, yeah, you need to do passive alert because we're tired of paying um, for scratching paint yeah. jobs. So, and there's just a ton of other reasons why. And So we switched over and I I learned from some folks the best way to do passive alert and we train it. But I have then, and still today, hear people say, and these are people that came up under old school things, that passive alert dogs are not as accurate as aggressive alert dogs on, on detection. What, what do you think?
0: Active alert dogs are good for Stevie wonder. Stevie Wonder could tell um, when an active alert dog finds source, right? For whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, the thing about both active and passive alert dogs is that there is a fundamental change in behavior before a train found a response. So in a passive alert dog, our TFRs or whatever, right? Is a sit, a down, a point, whatever it is, right? It's something that the dog does when he is as close to odor as he's going to get. Uh, with an active alert dog, they get as close to order as they can, and then they go fucking ape shit and go after it, right? Dig dig dig, 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 right? The trick here is that before that, there is a noticeable and documentable and consistent change of behavior depending on the dog, and that is what is important. Um, there's tons of case law, or not tons, but there's several amount of case law that dictate that we don't need a trained final response to have probable cause um that there is likely um narcotic activity or explosive activity happening um at a location or in something or whatever else uh you simply need to change behavior um but then on top of that you know we have determined that a full-on change of or a full-on train final response is um sufficient to establish probable cause along with the change of behavior to it so the trick with the and and here's the, what i tell people all the time too you know, i said we do the train final response for lay people not for handlers right handlers can tell me like good ones uh after they have the dog for a while even at the end of my handler school like we just had a handler school finish and those dudes are like uh you know the dog's getting ready to alert he's getting we're getting close and this is a blind find we're getting ready to we're getting he's getting close getting close giving you know they're calling out changing behavior as it's happening the dog does his whole bracketing thing, you know, head turn, his tail frizzes up, whatever he does. Like one of the dogs does happy feet where he dances back and forth on his front feet before he goes into a sit, which whatever. I didn't teach him that. He just does it. Uh, but he does it every time. So how, and then he goes into his alert and, you know, he sits and stares and does his thing. Um, we do that for lay people. Um, we do that to satisfy, um, you know, prosecutors and whoever. Um the, the like kind of my test is my mom, she doesn't listen to the podcast. She doesn't really even know what the fuck I do. I mean, she cares, but I mean, you know, she's like, Oh, you're a dog trainer. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I text her, like I'll text her video of a dog that I'm finishing. I'm like, Hey, where's, where's the drugs? You know? And she's like, Oh, it's, you know, it's right here. I'm like, well, how do you know? And she'll tell me because the dog did this, right? She doesn't do the change behavior, but she tells me the train final response. So if my fucking mom, who knows nothing about canine, who's she's a nurse, she's an RN, right? And she's got a master's degree in like art history or something, right? It's completely non-related. There's absolutely no idea about what, anything that I do other than I'm a dog trainer. If she can tell me with a passive alert dog from a text video where odor is, then I think they're accurate enough for just about anybody else. So yeah, what do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... If you go to training and you're going to go get a dog and you're going to go to a training course and the the trainer is still teaching aggressive alert dope dogs, um, you should question all of their training. All of their (laughs) training (laughs) methods are old. They're old. And listen, one of the best things I ever did was switching us from aggressive to passive alert just for sheer ability to train wherever the fuck we want to train. And not, you know, we, we used to go to the impound lot and then we would have to find cars that had a big X on them, which meant they were going to go to the auction. Right. And we would fuck these cars up and guys like the aggressive alert because after the first dog goes on certification, everyone knows where the fuck. (laughs) That's probably true. Call it. That's it. (laughs) That's probably true. So you have those guys. I'm not going first. first." I mean, come on. So as soon as they walk by the car, they see the scratch mark. They're pulling their toy out. They're going to yeah. throw it right at the scratch marks and their dog's not even out of the car yet. I found it right here. So excellent. we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we have two more good topics for you. Stand two, by.
0: Two more lies. Mm-hmm.
1: Working Dog Radio. We love our sponsors. This episode is sponsored in part by Ray Allen at rayallen.com. Everything for dogs. Check out their uh, 10% discount Code using working dog radio all
0: caps rayallon.com for everything dogs. Be sure to check out Dogtra. Also, Eric and I love Draugras, what we both use at the kennel each day. I like the 1900s. Be sure to check them out at Dogtra.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. Are you going to the Hits Canine this year, guys? The biggest and best conference in the United States,
1: July 6th through the 9th. Scottsdale, Arizona. Hits canine.net. Give uh, Jeff Bear to call 863 529 5113.
0: Making sure you have the right dog food is a super important part of running a working dog, whether it be police dogs, military dogs, or hunting dogs, or search and rescue. We like kinetic dog food. The guys at Kinetic can be found at kineticdogfood.com. Area code 513 615 6904. Hit them up.
1: We got a brand new sponsor, our good buddy Jim O'Brien down at NC K9 in North Carolina. Full service kennel, police dogs, single purpose, dual purpose, handler schools, trainer schools. Check them out, nck9.us.
0: Last but certainly not least is Horizon Structures. If you want a one stop shop, drop it off and put dogs in it and ready to rock, hit them up, horizonstructures.com forward slash commercial dash dog dash kennels. Horizon Structures will be able to hook you up. All right, we are back. Hope you like those commercials. Uh, our brand new sponsor,
1: NTK 9 is in that that batch. Uh, go back and check, guys. We got good uh, information on there. Seminars, all kinds of things, conferences. Uh, no no rapists are advertising here. We don't have any of the magazine conferences on here. That includes the any conferences you see from MWD Magazine. They are also owned by the same person. Yeah. Keep that in mind um and fuck elite canines so anyways um yep yep so our next myth and this is this is also probably the one of the dumbest things i've heard and this is mostly comes from guys that are in um secluded areas and they just don't they just don't know um they heard something or they had some weird opinion and um and then when you point some things out to them they're like oh yeah that's pretty stupid is we still hear this, that you can't have dual purpose bomb dogs. Can't have dual purpose explosive dogs. They have this weird thing that even though they have a dual purpose drug dog who's passive alert and doesn't just maul everything it sees, they think for some reason that bomb dogs are just psychotic and you can't teach them to not scratch and paw at explosives. So they'll say, oh no, you I, I just assume because it's a bomb, you can't have a dual purpose. We're not teaching them to bite stuff. It's it's so dumb. And Ted, have you um, have
0: you seen dual purpose bomb dogs anywhere? Yeah, I've got one in my house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like and there's one on the painting behind me, like right there. Like that is a dual purpose exploit. Well, it's a multi-purpose canine, but right. I'm using my mouse. But you can't see my finger, but like right behind me is a painting that, uh, one of another podcast guest gave me Trent. I think it was Trent McDonald, uh, gave me that painting and he's in the painting. It's the, if you're listening to us and not watching, it's the famous photo into the breach, uh, that everybody's fucking seen. Um, it's the Rangers, uh, Rangers going in through. um, going in through uh, uh, a breach uh, and sending Benno in first and Benno was a dual purpose or he was a multi-purpose canine he was he was, he was trained to find explosives and so yeah I mean I have seen a couple yes yes, uh, I trained a couple all over the United
1: States we have them uh, we have a lot of live finds in my city with, uh, with our dual purpose explosive dogs and they've never blown themselves up They've never bit the bomb or grabbed it or ran off with it. Um, neither are our drug dogs. It's uh, people just say things. And when they come out of their mouth, I don't know how they believe it. If you, and you think about it, cause they'll say to me, I go, what about the military dogs? Just, just as an example, what about the military dogs? Uh, every one of the dogs in the Navy SEAL program is a dual purpose explosive dog. Um, the Rangers, dual-purpose explosive dogs. Not all the Marine Corps, but a lot of them are. Uh, USASOC dogs, uh, MARSOC dogs are <laughs> dual-purpose explosive dogs. And you don't hear about, well, another dog died today. He must have been an explosive dog. Ble- himself, blew his head off. What did he do? No. What, he's insane. He bit the bomb, of course. He's dual-purpose. That's a mistake. It's Think about it, guys. Before you say things like that,
0: It's stupid. It's definitely stupid. Uh, yeah, I don't know where that comes from. And well, it probably comes from the inability to prevent them from getting close to source. Um, and then I'm not even going to go into the conversation about uh, indirect versus direct reward. Yeah. Which I'm sure if people say that, but anyway, that's probably like way over (laughs) so but yeah i mean there are ways to prevent dogs from touching stuff i believe me i i've done it so yeah i mean yeah dual purpose explosive dogs yeah almost every dog in the country
1: that's dual purpose is trained not to touch the whatever it is they're finding guns bombs money dope it's oh my god it's so stupid okay the last one is um, th- we could we could literally do 100 of these. One, w- real quick, one of my favorites is these guys that say if you're going to track human beings to, to find them and bite them, that you must always have a bite at the end of the track. Oh. You do not know what the fuck you're talking about. You say that, you don't have the numbers to prove it. I have the numbers to prove you wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Next, last one mm-hmm. is the floppy ear versus pointy ear comments um i i don't know this is this is my opinion i think this started when hillary clinton was the secretary of state hillary notoriously hates dogs i believe while well, she was secretary of the state um is when all of the floppy ear only dogs started going for a lot of the contracts and then it bleeds into uh, TSA and it bleeds into all these Other federal agencies in the yeah. Statement of work for them and Everybody this pervasive myth That pointy ear dogs Cannot be um, Single purpose dogs because they're too Intimidating and they're apparently Just going to murder everyone That they come across while they're sniffing But and this is And you you and I both get this all The time Administrators that say It has to be a floppy ear dog. And then I, when I ask them why, they don't really have an answer. They don't, anytime I hear a captain or a lieutenant or a chief or a sheriff say that, and they weren't dog people, like recent dog people, someone told them the term floppy ear dog because they've never heard it before. Someone told them floppy ear dog term, and then it has just bled into the fabric of this business like bled into it um and i we were just talking about this uh before we started recording all the new covid dogs are coming out and i saw yep. if it was uh i can't remember where it was um Houston Rockets maybe one of the,
0: i think it was Miami maybe heat one of the nba or, teams
1: yeah I think and it was Miami heat. yeah yeah he you're right Miami yeah. heat they um i saw the first dog that they had doing the doing the human born you know covid sniffs it was a german shepherd i Started cheering. I'm like, good on you for for that. Uh um, do you hear that? I mean, how much do you hear that? The floppy thing.
0: Uh we hear it a lot. And you know, I I ask a lot, I say, Well, why? Like, what's the problem? You know, and then well, and I'm not even gonna get into the tracking portion of it, but um, but they're like, you know, you know, we want it to be less intimidating, it's gonna go into the schools. I'm like, okay, well. Most of these kids have fucking pit bulls or you know, some kind of stupid ass dog at home, a chihuahua. And that, you know, I mean, it's not the intimidation factor. I mean, you know, it's not a I mean, if it's like you need a happy go-lucky, like whatever, that's fine. I get it. But um, and some departments like want that, and and that's fine. Like that's the that's the public image and that's what they want to portray, and that's fine. Um, but I don't think that there is a less propensity with a properly selected dog. I mean, Preface this. With a properly selected dog, you're not going to have the propensity of a pointer ear dog to be any different, you know, environmentally or socially than like a lab or if or like a German short hair pointer or whatever. So um, you know, I've done some fantastic single-purpose pointer dogs. Um, most of them are female, um, and they are rock stars. Now, one of the gnarliest single-purpose dogs I did was a lab and uh, his name's Watt. What the hell? Was, he was a lab and a, a Chesapeake, like, he was a Chessy and lab mix, right? I've never been mit, bit more by hmm. any dog that I ever handled in that asshole. And that, that dog would bite the shit out of you if you had a ball in your hand, like, literally, like, if you had a, like, he would come after you. Like, I mean, and it wasn't like I'm going after the ball, he was coming after you. And, and so it was an interesting, he definitely, like, and the handler, and I told it like, when the handler came through, it was like, you cannot have a ball out. Or, or just give him – he had a ball in his mouth. He was fine. Like, just give him the ball. Like, if you take him to, like, demos or whatever, just give him a – just let him keep it in his mouth. But I think there's a pervasive myth that you have to have a lab or whatever to um, to be safe, I guess. I don't know. And the trick here is – this is the other thing. Most states are – you know and we talked about canine liability at the beginning right so this is you know circling back to the very first question we had or second or whatever question that was you know a, a bite is a bite like right whether it's a civilian whether it's a law enforcement officer whatever the fuck it is it's a bite there's a 100 most states are 100% at fault the difference is if you bite somebody in your official capacity as a police officer and a canine handler and you bite the right person and you bite them for the right reason and it's an acceptable amount of use of force you're most of the time going to be granted qualified immunity if your lab bites some kid in a school they're not going to give you qualified immunity for that you're going to be liable for that also just like you would if you accidentally backed over somebody with your fucking patrol car right and like it's not a like it's not a decrease in liability because you know i mean but there are malinois and german shepherds and dutch shepherds that are just as social as any lab or German short air pointer so when you're selecting a single purpose dog aside from drive and health and all the shit we need for him to work you should have place a very very high priority on sociability right so the dog should be social because they're a single purpose and you want them to be whatever right And more social than a like than you know patrol dog like patrol dogs don't need to be petted right like i get single purpose dogs can be petted and whatever else i don't think they should be but whatever nobody listens to me anyway but they shouldn't be touched anyway but they are and you know those dogs should be accepting of it but uh yeah i mean so selection sociability is important but it doesn't necessarily like water down to just breeds i've had some pointers that are fucking dickheads too and motherfuckers will bite you also yeah and then fucking bloodhounds they have like that fucking canine rage syndrome. They'll bite the shit out of you for, I mean, for like seemingly no reason for being single there. Pur- Yeah. Well, yeah. Single purpose tracking. You get pissed off and they're like, well, fuck you. I'm going to bite you. It's <laughs> like, huh? I mean, I, I have a, encountered a couple of one of those other stripy ones, Hanoverian things. Those gangs can be dickheads too. So, I mm-hmm. mean, just because they're quote unquote single purpose or, well, let me rephrase that. Just because they're not trained to bite doesn't mean that they won't. It's still a dog, right? Like, yeah. they, dogs do dog shit. So,
1: One of the most ridiculous things that I dealt with was I had a dog in my kennel named Karma. She was a black Mal, and I trained her single purpose explosive dog. She was awesome, awesome explosive dog. And I should say was, is awesome explosive dog. And the sweetest girl, the sweetest dog. So friendly, so nice, such a good girl, amazing dog. No one would look at her no one would test her yeah. everybody's like hey what do you got and i'm sending videos they're like she looks great um but we need a floppy ear dog and i'm like what if what if i pinned her ears down i mean it's <laughs> just just to be a dick but i was like uh yeah that's ridiculous this is this dog's the nicest dog and they're like yeah we can't do it um so i had a, a sheriff's office in new york call me this is right at the beginning of covid so i had this dog for like a year man could not get anybody to even look at her and the guy comes over, uh, the handler slash trainer. He comes over and he's like, why, have, why, why is everybody passing on this dog? What's wrong with her? Like, you've had her for so long. What's wrong with her? I go, no one has ever even tested her. They haven't come and looked at her. And so what I had done before he got there was I put odor out in the funhouse in different places. And I said, I tell you what, let's just go get her. We'll get her out, bring her up, let her run around you can see her on the environments and stuff like that and see how she interacts with you and how friendly she is. And he's like, cool. So I went and got her and we uh, were walking around and I kind of guided her just, she was off leash into a big room. She went in the rooms, running around, whap, head snap, pointed and sat. He looked at me. I'm like, yep. Rewarded her. And then he, he started laughing. I go, dude, there's like three other hides. We'll just keep going. I'm not going to say nothing to her. And she just went, did her thing room to room, bam, found the hides. He's like, put her in the fucking car. And I'm like, yeah, the first guy who ever tested her, they bought her because she was so good, but they wouldn't, nobody would even look at her. He goes, I don't give a shit about her ears. Can she find up bombs? Yes. That's all. That's all that matters. Um, so I, I would love to see that, that myth change, you know, TSA is not going to, cause now they're doing all the human born and they want the dog to, you know sniff humans if whatever and they don't want to intimidate them but uh it it just oh my gosh it just is is irritating so yep all right well that's uh the first one of these i predict that we'll come up with some more at some other time frame i think people like this type of stuff when we talk and complain and bitch um (laughs) i'm gonna go watch for the black helicopters to come down after since i flipped off a federal judge um that's that favorite joke of mine is what's the difference between god and a federal judge god doesn't think he's a federal judge that's my favorite
0: so. yeah
1: uh, all right ted where can you be found
0: <laughs> shit uh torchlight canine on instagrams and facebook uh torchlight is one word uh ted underscore summers on instagram and of course we have our own uh instagram for the podcast working underscore dog underscore radio. And of course, um, HRD, um, HRD police canine on Facebook and HRD police canine on Instagram. Uh, HRD is, uh, we had a couple of, uh, seminars get rescaled. Right? We just finished one this month in Muskogee uh, much local teams here. It's 45 minutes from here. Um, Oklahoma was well-represented. We had some really nice teams there. Uh, we had some guys from Texas come up. Uh, we had an alumni from, well, he was at the, he was from Mesquite, Texas, but he was at the Irving uh, one. Uh, super nice dog, uh, super squared away handler. Um, we had some nice dogs from Texas come up. We had guys from uh, Kansas State Highway Patrol and shit, I want to say Wichita or Lawrence or something. Somewhere else in Kansas, I uh, had some Arkansas teams. Obviously, uh, I had a guy there from Indiana and all of my Oklahoma teams. So, or a lot of Oklahoma, not my Oklahoma teams, just Oklahoma teams in general. But uh, the guys in Muskogee PD treated us really well. Bob Lynch um, hosted us. They did a great job. Um, you know, we had great facilities. So, yeah, it was good. Uh, next HRD, I have to look. Everything's gotten moved around. Um, we've got our SWAT one coming up in April, I think is when it is up in Albany, uh, New York, uh, with C- Albany City. Um, so, yeah, head over to HRD Police Canon and check it out uh, to get signed up, see when we're adding stuff all the time. Uh, I think we're booked up through. I think almost twenty twenty two, so we're full for the year. So, um, and from what I hear, as of today, which I don't know what today is, late twenties, uh, January, um, hits and blue line are still on, and you and I are going to be doing the dog and pony show there. So, we will be yep. instructing at both. So, where are you?
1: Uh, Van S K nine on Instagram, Van S K nine Academy on Facebook. Um, more pet stuff on the Facebook page anymore um also we have a patreon account on patreon.com uh look up working dog radio don't forget go to working uh check the shop there are a lot of good t-shirt designs we haven't really promoted so many of them there's some old school legend t-shirts that we have designs we've had for a long time and then we have some great new funny designs up there man like really cool stuff um a lot of it comes off as just being pissed off about things so um
0: yeah we have the of myth one so we do that's it's up, up there so yeah we covered that tonight so, uh,
1: so yeah all right well thanks guys for checking in and we'll see you hopefully uh from with some
0: down under folks here pretty soon yeah dudes with cooler accents than us when we come back so uh <laughs> yeah we'll see you guys in 10 days thanks you got your reasons i got my wants still got that feeling but i'm